professor in the house man i hope you're having a good week it is a beautiful august the first here in arkansas i think it has maybe set some records or come close to setting records to how cool it is here it is it's unbelievable having coffee on the porch this morning was just surreal with the cool wind blowing the cool breeze blowing um, the sun shining I mean it is supposed to be a thousand degrees with 900% humidity here and it is just a beautiful beautiful day got some things planned for today did a lot of trips this summer man I think I set a record for number of miles being put on my vehicles this summer and the dollar amount for gas that I spent and there has been summers where gas was over three dollars a gallon and it's under two dollars a gallon I bought a lot of gas but it was worth it man I got to go visit some amazing people amazing places and it's good to be back home where I can finally share a little of my experience with you I'm so glad that you're here thank you for listening man I've been really itching to share what I wanted to share with you today about I want to start a series on our enchanted Rockies trail this was a spur of the moment type deal I wasn't even supposed to go on this trip it was a it was a I don't know me bugging some people until they finally invited me and it was so funny I I asked Michael from all over Overland I said why did you invite me you didn't know me I just bugged you and bugged you and bugged you and and all this until you finally said yes he said because I would have done the same thing <laughs> I just I thought that was hilarious it was funny um, but yeah Michael and Lee on Overland Radio got to talking about uh, Michael going on this trip to New Mexico and at the time they were thinking of going to Glass Lake I believe it was and I actually had a free week in my calendar and I just kept saying hey I want to go I want to go take me and then I started saying Michael and Joey's trip to New Mexico on everything that I comment commented on and it was just so funny because I just I just was relentless I wouldn't let up and finally he sent me a text message one day and he said okay I talked to the guys and they said you could go and I, would, I just laughed I thought he don't really want me to go he doesn't know me he just knows me as this agitator that gets on the chat room with Overland Radio and Maybe I remind him a little bit of myself. I don't know, but we were headed to West Virginia to visit some friends right after school was out. I mean, it was the last week of May, and we were just going to take the car out there, do some motorcycle riding, 
eat some good food, visit good friends. Sasha and Porker out there and, and some of the other guys that we know out there that we've known for a long time. It, it's just, it's a beautiful state. Uh, Rodney, man, love those people out there. Just good, genuine, gold-hearted people. Um, they just, they love to take care of you. They love on you and treat us like we're family, and we just love going out there and spending time with them. So we had planned a trip out there with them to stay a week, and we were going to come back on Saturday. Well, this trip to the Enchanted Rockies left on Monday morning, but it left on Monday morning from Carlsbad, New Mexico. And so I was going to have to drive... 1,200 miles back from Summersville, West Virginia, pack my stuff, and leave on Sunday. And the quickest route, according to my GPS, was to go down through Dallas and then the western part of Texas to get over to Carlsbad. But Michael contacted me and he said, hey, if you want to leave out Sunday, you can come to my place stay the night here we'll get up monday and uh everybody's leaving from oklahoma city eight o'clock sharp monday morning i said man that'll be it was only about 45 more minutes added to the trip so i thought i'll get to travel with people something happens i'll have somebody there and i just thought that would be a much better way to travel so i decided yeah I'll, Sunday, I'll get up, pack my stuff, take a shower, head out, get to Michael's. It's only about four hours, three and a half, four hours to uh, Oklahoma City from here. So I thought that, that'll break it up pretty well and then we'll just all travel together. And it'll be a nice trip down there because we'll have radios, we'll be able to talk to each other, the time will go faster, and it'll be a much more enjoyable trip. So. That was my plan. So we get up early Saturday morning, West Virginia, take off. We get back home about 10 o'clock Saturday night. And actually, I think we got back about 8. It didn't take us as long as what we thought. So we got back about 8 o'clock. There was nothing packed. Um, So I threw a few things in the FJ and then took a shower and went to bed unpacked wife started washing and the next morning Sunday morning I get up go to the store buy some groceries come back pack the fridge pack my clothes pack everything I need which I was being a minimalist on this trip I wasn't taking a whole lot of stuff at all because it was just me I wasn't taking the trailer I was just taking the FJ and I didn't want to, and disorganization drives me nuts. So uh, I just organized everything, put it in there. My wife said, hey, you're going to need this. I'm going to nope, I'm not taking it. Hey, you're going to need this. Nope, not taking it. Hey, you're going to need this. Nope, not taking it. All I wanted to make sure I had was plenty of food, plenty of gas and fuel, and plenty of propane so that I could stay warm, I could 
cook and I wouldn't go hungry and plenty of water I want to make sure I had plenty of water so threw that all in there man it was hot oh so hot and humid here so I just took a shower jumped in the FJ I think I left at noon got to Michael's about four o'clock now Lee from One Overland Network had who's also on Overland Radio that we had been talking about this trip for several weeks he had been sending us text messages I might can go I might can go I don't know if I'm going or not I'm gonna try to go he was just trying to figure out whether he was gonna be able to go he didn't know so I'm on my way to Michael's house in Yukon, Oklahoma, and Lee gets on the text chat with me and Michael and said, I'm on my way. Where are you? He's coming from Tulsa. He's a lot closer than me. So I get there at 3.45, 4 o'clock. Lee's already there. Got his Opus trailer packed and ready to go. Walk in, first time we had met each other, and it was like old friends that hadn't seen each other in years. I mean, it was, you know, we had talked so many times on text and chat and radio, and it was just like we already knew each other, but this was the first time face to face, and it was, it was a, like a family reunion. I mean, we hit it off, and Lee said, we got lots of daylight left. Let's keep going. Let's get a head start. And I was like, man, I, I just drove 1,500 miles from West Virginia. I'm tired. I said, whatever y'all want to do, I'm game. I mean, I am an old truck driver. I get in that seat and I go. And that's, that's just what I do. And so if they wanted to go, let's go. Everybody was packed. Everybody was ready. And... They wanted to go and get a head start on everybody, put two or three hundred miles behind us. And so, next thing I know, we're getting back in the vehicles and we're taking off. We run up to McDonald's, grab something to eat, fill up with fuel, head west on I-40. And it was uh, it was a good trip. Uh, we turned the radios on, got to visit with each other going down the road. Kept it nice and casual. Wasn't in really any big hurry. We were just gonna see how far we could get. We're gonna try to make it to Amarillo because the group was meeting at the big Texas steakhouse there in Amarillo where they have the 72 ouncer where if you eat it all, you get it for free. And so they wanted to have lunch there on Monday and then head to Carlsbad down through Texas and get there and that was going to be our first night so we wanted to get as close to Amarillo as we possibly could so it was it was leisurely it wasn't overly fast we didn't try to break any speed records we just took our time enjoyed traveling together talked on the radio Lee had his little daughter, Amelia. Uh, what a cutie. Man, she was just a trooper. Loves the outdoors. Never 
complained, never griped. It was just an enjoyable time with Lee and Amelia. So Lee gets on the radio about 100, 150 miles in and said, hey, I had found this campground and if we can make it to this campground, we can stay there tonight and that way we won't have to sleep in a parking lot or get a hotel or, or whatever. And we were like, sure, man, whatever you think. And so we were going on through, down through there, enjoyed the West Texas sunset. What a beautiful place to view a sunset. Didn't think like, didn't think the sun was ever actually going to disappear. It took forever to go down across the plains. But it got dark and and we were just traveling along there and had stopped several times for fuel and you know the the fj uh, only gets about well it's doing pretty good it's getting about 17 miles a gallon right now not pulling a trailer lee was in a, a ford raptor uh, pulling his opus so he was getting pretty close to what i was as far as fuel michael was in the rumble and um it sucked on fuel so we were all about the same on fuel so we had to stop probably a couple times stretch our legs and uh, get fuel so we get up to this i mean we were in the middle of absolutely nowhere there was nothing around not even a whipper of a light for like a residence or anything like that out here. I mean, we were in the middle of absolutely nowhere. All of a sudden we come upon this exit and Lee says, all right, here it is. There wasn't a sign. I didn't see a sign for a campground. I didn't see, hey, campground ahead, uh, stop here for the night, a campground symbol on, you know, where it says, things to do at this exit or whatever. There was no town, there was no city, there was no nothing. And Lee said, here it is. And I thought, man, we're gonna get off here. We're about to drive for 30 miles down this old crappy Texas road and sleep out in the middle of nowhere where we can just pull off right here on the side of the road. Well, how wrong was I? Because we get off, we go, two or three miles down the road and we're turning left we pull down into an actual campground I mean it has a place where you get the little envelopes and put in your 10 bucks a night or whatever like that um, because of the COVID uh, it said that the restrooms and showers were closed but you were allowed to camp there so it was like 10 bucks a night it was actually called, and we saw the little sign there, McClellan Creek National Grassland. Well, how, how cool is that? McClellan Creek National Grassland. A national grassland close to the interstate with camping spots on a major thoroughfare between east and west. I have been through there, I don't know how many times, about to die from lack of sleep and wanting a place to stop, but never even knew this place was there. And 
course, it was dark. We couldn't see anything. I didn't know how this place was. But Lee said, hey, take the lead. Go find us a spot. So I take off. They jump in behind me. We drive maybe two minutes. There was only two, maybe three RVs, people, cars, anything in the whole campground. It was just like a desolate place. And so I find this spot where Lee can just pull through with his trailer. Michael gets on one side, I get on the other. And we jump out and let me tell you, it is such a beautiful night. I can't describe to you how amazing this evening was in June in West Texas. It was, I'm guessing, 70 degrees or below with a light wind that was not quite chilly, but super comfortable. We had planned, we had talked about it all the way there. It's gonna be hot. We'll just jump in the Opus, plug into electricity, and he'll turn the air conditioner on, we'll sleep comfortably, and it'll be great. I said, cool, that'll be, that'll be just fine. I don't have a problem with that at all. But when we get down there and the weather is extremely comfortable, I said, I'm sleeping in the eye camper. Oh, I'm just gonna pop up my eye camper, get up there. Man, the, the temperature is perfect for me. Throw all my stuff up there and I'll, be, I'll just be a happy guy. I don't, I don't need any air conditioner or not. And so we get there and Lee pops up the Opus. Of course, it doesn't take five minutes to set this humongous tent up. I mean, this thing is, it'll probably sleep 15 people in there. It's so big. I don't even know, I don't know what the model is or anything, but he folds open this side and he folds open that side and he untucks the edges, hits this button and it just, boom, pops up and it's ready. Once he does that, it's ready. I'm just amazed at this. I, I had seen Opus trailers a couple times before, but I had never seen one actually set up until then. Well, you know, with my eye camper, it's two latches and a push and about two minutes of putting poles in and I'm done. So I get everything done, go over there and ask him if he needs any help. No, he don't need no help. So we talked for a few minutes and it's getting around 9, 30, 10 o'clock. So we said, hey, we're gonna go to bed. We'll see you in the morning. So we jump up in the, yeah, I jump up in the eye camper. They get in the Opus and Man, I wasn't up there for five minutes. The next thing I know, the sun's coming up. I mean, I was so tired from driving that I just, my body just crashed. And so I'm, I'm loving seeing the sun come up, seeing where we actually are, what this place looks like, where in the world am I? Uh, I don't know if you've got to a campsite late at night and set up and then the sun comes up in the next morning you're like whoa I didn't realize where we were well that's kind of the way this was now I knew we were in a camp campground I knew there were a few other people there 
I knew we were close to the bathrooms that were all locked up, but little did I know where we were. Now, like I said, June in Texas, cool, crisp, light breeze blowing through there. It was not anything that I ever would have expected. Now, this was on a Sunday, so maybe the crowd had left. Maybe they needed to go back to work. I don't know, but this was a Sunday night, Monday morning. There were maybe two RVs that were there. One car pulled up, people slept in the car next to us. Um, well, not next to us. They were 50 feet, 100 feet away. There was nobody that was even close to us. So I get up, pull out the Coleman stove, the percolator, make coffee, and we're just sitting around talking. And I'm like, I want to see this place. I want to see where we are. And so I walked around and looked at a few of the signs. And little did I know where we were. I have been through this area at least 50 times in my life. But I was on I-40, no signs, never knew it was there. And so I didn't know what I was missing. But just because Lee had taken the time to look at the route and find us a place to stop, I have discovered a place that I guarantee you I will be back many, many times. Now the McClellan Creek National Grassland, I looked this up, I did a little research on it, and this has such an interesting history that I can't help but share. McClellan Creek National Grassland, it's 1149 acres located in the Texas Panhandle, and it's administered by the Cibola National Forest. It is named after George B. McClellan. Now this guy, he was an army surveyor. He invented the saddle that is still used and bears his name. So there's a McClellan type saddle out there that he invented and is still used today. Now how cool was that? He became a general in the Union Army and then Check this out. He ran for president against Abraham Lincoln. Now, I, I don't remember much about sitting through history classes, but I don't ever remember that. I don't ever remember who ran against who. But just running for president, now that's an accomplishment. That's If you think for a moment that people will vote for you for president of the United States, apparently you're a pretty popular guy. So, how, that's just, that just blows my mind. But while he was performing his duties as an army survey in the, army sur- surveyor in the Texas Panhandle, McClellan named a little creek after himself. He called it the McClellan Creek, and years later, a dam was built across this creek, and then Lake McClellan was formed. And so, he finds this little creek, a 
apparently the creek has no name. He's surveying the area. He said, I'm just going to call this McClellan Creek. And so he called it McClellan Creek. The name stuck. They put it on maps. They did whatever. They built a dam, formed a lake, and it became known as McClellan Lake. Now later, oil wells were drilled there. It became a little town, if you might say. It had a dance hall. It had a store. It had all the conveniences of a place where people would go and would gather. The blue water of the lake was just beautiful. It drew people in for years and years and years. Now apparently there was a devastating wildfire in 2006 and it destroyed a lot of the buildings that were there. Um, so if you go there now, you'll notice how new the campground is. All the structures are new. Everything's new because in 2006, this is now 14 years back, everything was destroyed by wildfire. So there are many, many things that you will notice about this place. It is con convenient to I-40. It's right off the interstate. If you get there during the daylight, and we didn't know this until we were leaving, but you come in on a hill and it overlooks the lake and it is unbelievable beautiful so picturesque i can't believe that we didn't stop in your pictures and then you go down the hill and around the lake to the campground now the campground has a series of mountain biking atv trails all throughout this national grassland and that morning after I had my coffee and I was exploring, I said, I'm gonna walk to the top of the hill and just see where we are. So I just walked up one of these uh, pathways, these ATV trails and walked down. I was able to see the lake. You could just see beautiful flowers growing everywhere. And it was just a pleasant place. It was quiet, it was peaceful. It was a place that, as an overlander, you look for. Beautiful views, very few people, nice scenery, excellent weather. Now, I don't know a whole lot about National Grassland, so I had to look it up. Now. I found this website, it's called forestcamping.com. I had never seen this website before, but it has a ton of information on a lot of places where you can camp out in the forest. And on this particular part of the website where you can go and look at the McClellan National Grassland, it tells you why a place is a national grassland. I never knew, I just thought, well, there must be a bunch of grass there, and the federal government thought it would be cool to make it a national place and call it a national grassland. Well, that's not anywhere close to what a national grassland is. So this has a paragraph in here that explains why there are national grasslands, and I believe there are several different national grasslands throughout the United States and this happens to be one of them so 
Check this out. It might be hard to see the McClellan Creek National Grassland as anything other than what it is today. However, the area now designated as grassland was settled in the 1800s under a variety of homestead acts which opened the land to people, generally farmers, and helped to settle the West. A prolonged period of drought in the late 20s and 30s caused some homesteads on sub-marginal farmland, which is a place that receives 15 inches or less of rain annually, to literally dry up and blow away. During this time, Congress established the Land Utilization Program, which brought homestead, which bought homesteads from bankrupt private owners and returned it to public land status. The Work Program Administration and Civilian Conservation Corps enrollees helped to stabilize the eroding soil. In the 1950s, the land utilization program holdings were assigned to the USDA Forest Service and was tasked with management of these sub-marginal lands. Over the years, the Forest Service has established some 20 national grasslands from those sub-marginal lands. The designation of the area as national grassland is not a description of the area as much as a statement of policy and effort to restore the area to a multiple of uses and benefits. So all these people had come in and settled this land, but because of a drought, it just dried up and blew away and all the people moved away. So it became a desolate wasteland. So the federal government established this land utilization program where they come in and revitalize the land and make it where it is actually useful. So they come in and plant flowers, plant grass, and get it to where it is a useful piece of land. It's kind of like having something that nobody wants and turning it into a place where people will want to go. And they have done that. They have planted all kinds of grass. They've planted all kinds of beautiful flowers. They've made these ATV trails. They've made the lake. They've made uh, the campground. And it has become a, an area that is attractive to people that are passing through. And you won't just want to come and stay here for a night. It will be a place to explore, bring your kayaks, go fishing. The, fi the fish abound in this lake. And bring your ATVs, bring your mountain bikes. Uh, the wife wants to get some electric assist mountain bikes, fat tire bikes. When we get them, we're going there because it's going to be extremely fun. I was just amazed out in the middle of nowhere, Texas, that we found this oasis, a place to stay, a place to lay our head, but not just like a place on the side of the road. We weren't like 18 wheelers at a rest stop. We were in a beautiful, restful, peaceful area, amazing weather, and a place to explore the next morning, to get up and take our time, do it like what we like to do, enjoy life. And then we were able to get up 
have our breakfast, have our coffee, explore a little bit. It was only about another 50 miles to Amarillo to meet up with the rest of the guys at the steakhouse to continue our journey. But this was an unreal, unbelievable start to what would be an epic week on this enchanted Rockies Trail. So make sure and come back because I want to share with you all the details. I want to bring back in my memory through the pictures that I've taken, the videos that I've taken, the friendships that I made, the unbelievable places that we stayed, the scenery. It was incredible. So follow me on this journey as I take you down the Enchanted Rockies Trail. And thank you for listening to a little story about our first stop at McClellan National Wrestling. Professor out. Thank you for joining me and tune in next time for a new edition of the Overland Philosopher podcast. Have a great day.